where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. <laughs> I feel like we should have popsicles now. Yeah, that would be cool. Should have thought of that yesterday. Last-minute thoughts don't help right now, do they? So I want to invite you to if you saw the bulletin cover, you saw that on there are straws. We don't see those much anymore, which is a good thing if they're only made of plastic. But uh, I want you to pretend that your hand is a straw. And just take a look. You don't see very much, do you? And then take your hand away, totally different picture. Someone once said that religion runs the risk of looking at the sky through a straw and thinking that what we see is all there is. Have you ever noticed that in your life that you think that what you see is all there is and suddenly there's more? I have to tell you, my favorite example of this in my life had nothing to do with religion per se, but it had to do with pizza. I grew up in a small town in New Jersey where <clears throat> pizza was a snack. After school, you'd stop, you'd get a slice. Every pizza place sold a slice. And you'd eat it, or you'd go after practice, before dinner and have a slice of pizza, or after the party before you go home, you have a slice of pizza. And by a pizza, I mean red sauce, cheese, cut in triangles, you know, with the rounded edge. Pizza. Well, much to my horror, my mother and I were in New York. We were swimming. My mother ordered a piece of pizza, and they put peppers and onions on it. I thought that was the most disgusting thing I had ever seen. <laughs> Adulterated pizza. I didn't know that word then, but I was really very put off. And it wasn't just because my mother was doing it. I thought that was the strangest thing. And then I went to college in Massachusetts. I grew up in New Jersey, as I said. Massachusetts, they cut their pizza like in squares. What on earth was that? I mean, it came out round, but like most of the pieces were square. That's the strangest thing. That meant that there were pieces that didn't have crust on the inside. And, you know, I'm, I can laugh about this, and I'm glad you are too, but I was really like, boy, that's strange. But the real thing that really put me over the edge came after college when I first encountered a white pie. A pie without sauce. Now, honestly, my, my gut and visceral and verbal reaction was, that is wrong. Wrong. I mean, do you hear the judgment there? Wrong. And I meant it. 
I wasn't kidding. So I'm like, can we get a side of sauce to put on top? And I did that for a while. And trust me when I say it took months for me to give this a try. Months. Now I said I was already out of college, right? I've told you before I'm slow. Are you believing me now? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so now, of course, you know, for us, Sunday night is pizza night, and we alternate between red pies and white pies because it's just normal now. But it never was. It never was. It's silly, but it's true. How our horizons are broadened, how our straws... I thought it would be a cool children's story to write about the magic straw, that when you start to see new things in the world, your straw gets bigger. Sort of like the opposite of Pinocchio's nose, it gets longer every time he lies. I thought that would be really cool. And then at the end, if your straw was big enough, there was this room that you could go into where everybody had a really big straw and you just celebrate and everybody was just who they were and there was all different kinds of music and all different shapes and sizes and colors of people and all different kinds of food and all different, food's a common theme for me, and all different kinds of everything and it was all just okay. Nobody was offended. Nobody thought it was wrong. Everybody was just on board. But Because it's a story, you could also make this separate place where there's these really high walls. And eventually, as everybody's making their way through this smorgasbord, through this beautiful experience of people, people start to wonder what the wall is about. And there are sages, there are people that are like have the biggest straws. And they say, well, we had to create a space for people whose straws got smaller. And they think they're the only ones here. What about you? What are your stories? From the silly to the serious. You know, because my other one that's a little more serious but totally not in the scheme of things was that, as you know, I've had a hurt foot for a really long time, in my mind anyway. And the last couple weeks, even though I have been wearing a boot, I've been wearing a sneaker. And maybe because it was Mother's Day, um, but maybe not, wearing a sneaker to me felt like, I don't think I can do this. Now seriously, if any of you had come in with sneakers, would I say a word to you? Of course not. But how was it that I still in my head had a tape like, I can't possibly wear a sneaker? Well, guess what I did? But it messed with my head for a moment. Do you still have those little things that trip you up a little bit? Ooh. Can't do that in church. You know, well, to sort of let you off the hook here, as it turns out, the stories and accounts in the book of Acts which is a continuation of Luke, written by the same person, represents some of those moments for the first and second century communities. Now, you'll note I didn't say the early church because it's a combination of bumping up against narrow places and being surprised by expansive experiences. 
And we have to keep in mind that the process of separation from distinctly Jewish communities into distinctly Christian communities was complex and prolonged in a lot of different ways. It's a dial, not a switch. Increments, tiny things, and eventually there's a parting. So like the tree trunk, at some point the branches go off in their own direction. Even from its earliest years, Christianity, like Judaism, included and still includes diverse points of view. It's like a single square versus a very large quilt of many squares and shapes or a single colored thread in a tapestry of many colors. If all you see is one thread, look at what you're missing. It was Paul who said, now we see dimly, or now we see only in part, but someday we will see more fully. And that's what we're hearing in Acts this morning, or what you're going to hear in Acts this morning. Folks who identify as Jews or Jewish are seeing God's Spirit poured out on people who are not Jewish. They're seeing a new thread right before their very eyes. And it just so happens that the beliefs and practices around food are the ones that are being challenged. So let's listen now from the book of Acts, beginning at the 11th chapter. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him, saying, why did you go eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air, and I heard a voice say, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. In other words, these foods that had been forbidden, you are now being told to eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Do you hear that? Like the words that, the food that I can eat are clean. Foods I can eat are unclean. So other people who are eating those are unclean. It's like the, the onions and the peppers. By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. And the Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. 
These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in the house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. So remember, Peter is now going to a home that is where Gentiles are living. And as I began to speak, Peter says, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. Peter saw this. And I remember the word of the Lord, meaning Jesus, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What on earth is happening? The Spirit is descending on Gentiles? A little bit earlier in in chapter 10, it says, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Oh my gosh. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? You've heard that, right? You've heard that, um, you've heard that expression before. That like when something new comes up in the spirit of discernment, at some point we have to say, if this is God, it's going to happen, with us or without us. And if it's not, it will not bear fruit. You're not going to want to fight against it. Just let it see. Let it, give yourself space and time to see. Because the Spirit of God goes with us or without us. And I really do believe that in my heart of hearts, we want to get it right. These claims in the book of Acts are bold. They may not seem it. I don't know, maybe it would be like, and no offense to any dietary restrictions, like gluten-free pizza. Like what? It's an opening in the ongoing story of what it means to be the people of God. It's like the ever-expanding universe that we now know about, right? Multiple galaxies with multiple planets beyond our comprehension and knowing. Are we looking at the sky through a straw? Maybe to see it all at once feels too overwhelming. I don't even know if it's possible, but I bet each of us in our own way have had glimpses of it. And those glimpses are actually beautiful gifts. Because when we have those glimpses, they're not scary. They're actually a relief. Of course you can come to church with sneakers. Does it really matter? That's one of the questions. Does it really matter? Because as you heard 
No, maybe you didn't hear it. Oh, let me, let me go back to the book of Acts because this is important. Let me see if I can find it. You know what? I'm just going to paraphrase it. So here Peter is sort of defending what he's done. He's gone to this house. He's eaten. He's telling a story about the vision and the voice. They're not debating. He's giving a personal account. And you know what happens? The leaders are silent. And then... After a pause, they celebrate what God has done. They're silent. And I imagine that in that silence, their jaw dropped, which is a perfect posture for taking a bite, isn't it? And then celebrating what God has done. These stories are about God's action and people that either fight against it or go with it. Going with it means we have to learn how to say, I I don't know. We've had this conversation before. I don't know. And also being quick to say, I didn't get that right the first time or the second time or the third time. So quick to offer an apology. And then, as quick as you can to offer forgiveness. Jesus spent a lot of time talking about forgiveness. It's one of the first things he said in the resurrection accounts. If you forgive, they're forgiven. If you don't, it's held. We gotta find a way. But the other thing Jesus did in the Resurrections account is that he came to offer peace. And so I want you once again to put your straw up, your imaginary straw, and look around the room. And now if, if you can do so comfortably, I want you to stand and don't hurt yourself. Put your straw down while you stand. And then put the straw back and just play with it a little bit. With the straw, without the straw. With the straw, without the straw. And now remember that we all vacillate between those moments of narrow constriction and expansiveness. And in the most expansive posture that you can imagine and hold, I invite you to receive this blessing. May the peace of Christ be with you. And to offer it to one another. May the peace of Christ be with you. May the peace of Christ be with you. And may you trust all the people, places, and spaces that God's spirit will bring into your life. And may your straw continue to expand, just as Christ's peace will expand within you. Let's be seated. We have some announcements to hear. Mm -hmm.